0: just brings a little extra energy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a preach-it. There, there was a preach-it moment. We've just transferred ourselves to a different place on the planet. Well, where do I start after that? Uh, Lucinda preached last week. Who was here for Mother's Day? She preached last week. And um, if you weren't here, really, she encouraged us to Uh, pursue the purpose of God for our life and in doing that, uh, find energy because somehow walking in the purpose of God increases our energy and we saw that in Jesus. You know, there was times when he said, um, I've had food you don't know about. Uh, Food is to do the will of the Father and so it's a great message. If you don't have purpose in your life, you probably don't have a lot of energy now, sometimes we run out of energy anyway. But our purpose, and particularly God's purpose, uh, there's this wonderful enabling that happens when we're pursuing God's purpose. So there was an encouragement in there for us to um, pursue God's purpose. So we've got a new series. Uh, actually, it's not a new series. We started it the week before Lucinda. Uh, it's called Breathing Space. Uh, and it's really just this, you know... Probably a good analogy is me going into my shed after uh, a year of going in there and moving things and s- storing things. It just it becomes messy and it becomes the kind of place you don't want to go in. And that's okay. Uh, for your shed, it's okay. For your closet, it's okay for the back of your car. But it's not okay for life to not have any sort of space or any sort of breathing room. It just uh, increases... anxiety it increases our edges get frayed when we're too close to the edge constantly especially with time and with money and so we're looking at this um, space between our current pace and our limits and as you will remember I sort of mentioned that the closer I get to this edge of this platform the more I have to think about the platform and not what I'm saying, so just excuse me, <laughs> right? And that happens in all areas of our life. There's, if there's not enough room, then we uh, start getting anxious. And the beautiful thing, I mean, who doesn't want a God who commands you to have a day off? Uh, wow, God really is good. I don't think any of the other gods back in the day, you know, in the context of the day, The gods back then, they were harsh. Uh, But the Israel gods, hey, take a day off. He he creates breathing space. Not only that, he says, put aside 10% and look after the poor and look after the Levites. But he also, most people don't know this, he also says, blow it on a party for yourself. Have you ever read that? Can anyone go, yes, I've read that? Later on, I'll show you. If you don't believe me, I've actually preached on it. All of you forgotten. (laughs) 10%, put it aside, have a party. He creates breathing space in our life for us to actually live a life that is full, but not full in the sense of packed. (sighs) Full in the sense of ah, breathing space full. So we continue, and uh, we are talking about time. And we're going to look at a guy most of you will have heard of, Moses. Moses has, um, I think, a fair amount of authority to speak about time. He, he lives like four lives in one. Pretty interesting. The first section of his life is in a palace, as it was back in the day. Uh, so he's up there with the Pharaoh, and he's one of the in crowd. And that's the first sort of section of his life, and then he's in the opposite extreme. After he kills someone, he's like in the out crowd. <laughs> so now he's a shepherd, and so his days are going by. And I don't know, I don't know what you do when you're shepherding. But I'd imagine it's pretty dull. Uh, you know, um, watching over sheep. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not, but it seems pretty dull to me. And so 40 years looking after sheep. dull and then he's in this incredible situation where he's trying to get Pharaoh to let his people go so there's this third section of his life and he sees God in a whole new capacity at that point because there's pestilence and death and a whole lot of things going on which seem pretty harsh and then uh, of course he's got the people of Israel and he's taken them through the wilderness. Now, uh, he may not have thought that was going to take a long time, but after a while, the people are stiff-necked, stubborn. God says, I'm going to let them wander till they die. Right? <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I've got to be with this lot until they die? And then he doesn't get to see the promised land. He just gets to see it from a mountain so he's had time to think about things. And he writes a psalm. It's, it's probably the first psalm ever written, um, but it's Psalm 90 in the book of Psalms. It's written by Moses, the first psalm ever written. Uh, and he says this, Lord, you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations. That is, you've been like home for us. We've found ourselves in you. We recognize that, and so you are our dwelling place. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He's recognizing the greatness of God. We're found in you, and you are found from here to there. We're like a little section in between, but you're at that end, and you're at that end. You're eternal, you're everlasting, and we're just here. And our people are just here. And so he's starting to get onto this theme of time, everlasting from everlasting, you are God. And in his eyes, if you think about the life he's led, people die. Some die young, some die old. Slaves are dying every day. They've had 500, 600 years of slavery. And it's just like, God, you turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. (laughs) It's kind of cool. It's like he's watched... Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, you shall not pass. Return to dust, you mortals. But in his time and from his perspective, you've got, uh, I think Moses wrote, let there be light and there's light, let there be this, let there be that, and God created. And in the same way, God's going, okay, time to sweep it clean. And so God speaks a word and our life is finished. Return to dust, you mortals. And a thousand years in his sight is like a day, just gone by, like that. We don't know much beyond 6,000 years ago, apart from sort of measuring and guessing some stuff, but it's all just like a week Or, or a watch in the night, which is only three hours. So he's really just setting up this context of where we sit in the scheme of things. Everlasting to everlasting. Gone in an instant. Like grass. New grass in the morning. Springs up. Just imagine a new baby. Wah, wah, and it's old and withered by the evening. Who's glad they came to church this morning? Everyone feeling uplifted? <laughs> like, yeah, preach it, brother. Whew. Man. By evening it's dry, it's gone, it's withered. This is his experience. He's gone, life is hard and then you die. That's Moses saying that. You've probably heard it. Other people experience it. This is the life is hard bit. Our years come to 70, maybe 80 if our strength endures. There's some people here who have endured past that. And yet most of our days are trouble and sorrow. Now for us, that may not, we might go actually, my days haven't been trouble and sorrow. Some of you it might be. But for Moses, and for the people back then, mostly it was trouble and sorrow. And so we might live 70 or 80 years. He's going, we might live 70, 80 years, and it's trouble and sorrow. And they quickly pass, and then we fly away. Gone. He's got this incredible grasp of eternity and us in the light of it, God and us in the light of God. Now, this is a little bit difficult. This is, Remember, this is old, old text, thousands of years old, and it's in a context. And so, here he is, if only we knew the power of your anger. And he kind of did, because he saw what happened to the Egyptians, right? Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due to you. Well, this seems a bit morbid or it seems we don't want to talk about wrath or anger, but I think, I think what he's trying to say is this. If we could see God as he really is, we would give him the reverence that is due to him. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's like if we had a concept of God and if we had an understanding of God right here, right now, right, we understand we're here, and we sort of go mystic. There's this mystical thing going on where we go, yeah, we worship God, we pray, praise God, but we're kind of not really thinking about the fact that He's actually here, really often. But what if He's right here, right now? How would our behavior change? How would our how would we be in the context of that? Right, that's what He's saying. Everlasting to everlasting all-capable, all-powerful God, bring him into our context or take our context out to that. Wow. If we could see God as He is and in the context of this Scripture, we'd be more careful with the time we've been allotted. We think of uh, our life in the context of our life and that's kind of natural. Moses is saying, no, you can't think of your life in the context of your life. You need to think of your life everlasting to everlasting. Think of your life in the context of God. Think of your life in the context of eternity. And as he's contemplating this, this is, I suppose, my encouragement, it is good (laughs) to contemplate the brevity of your life from time to time because it will impact how you spend your time. And this is why I think he's saying this, because if we go to the next, he has like the application. After saying all that, he goes, so in the light of that, Lord, teach us to number our days. That or Teach us to live as if our days are numbered. Teach us to number our days that, and here's, here's so that. It's like, if you do this, and he finishes. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Remembering that our time is limited, remembering who God is and Remembering eternity provides us with wisdom to know how to spend that limited time. I remember about five years ago going to New Zealand and I planned this trip. We had 17 days. We flew overnight, drove to my a fr- uh, relative's place and slept. And then we had 16 days. And then we sat with them and chatted for a bit And before we knew it, we had 15 days. And I'm going, wow, the holiday's almost over, right? And it wasn't because we had to pack more. It's not counting your days so you can pack more stuff in necessarily. It's counting your days because you know what needs to be done now. It's important. There's some important things to do. I'm not going to wander around at the shopping center for 16 days in Auckland, right? So I number the days. Keaton Dana if 3 4 months ago if I had a said to one of you how many days now till you get married Keaton would have gone 63 days 4 hours and 15 minutes <laughs> Dana probably would have gone ask Keaton no <laughs> that's not true they they had, the, the, the days had been numbered they knew they knew exactly how many days there was till they got married and You knew what you had to do, right? Because the days had been numbered. Number your days so you know what's important. Because we kind of live like we're going to live forever. We live like our parents are going to be there forever. I know I do. We live like our health is going to be there forever, like our sight is going to be there forever, and it might be or it might not be. Moses was 120 and he could see. And I think at the end of it, God put him on the mountain and said, there's the promised land. He probably kept his sight just so that he could actually see it. So, <laughs> or give him something. But that's how we live. It's our It's our tendency. So This, really, the point, what's the point of all this? There are some things that we need to look at and go, for for many of us, there might be some things we need to add. Some things that are important that we don't do right now because we're too busy pursuing stuff and not even realising that it's not important. And there's some stuff that actually is important that we don't add well, we might need to get rid of some stuff. I've thought about this recently, and I realised when I sort of did a bit of a calculation of my time that I spent far more time watching TV than I thought that I did. Because I'd start a Netflix show, and then I'd watch many more hours than I had intended, right? It's not discipline. It's just going with the flow. No one relates to that, do they? binge-watching or something, you just sit nah, it's a waste of time. <laughs> so I've gone, ooh, I need to reduce, I need to get rid of that. Get rid of Netflix, unsubscribe, because it's just stuff that is filling my time. And if I think about my time from the perspective of everlasting and from the perspective of God, I'm going, actually, this is really just a waste of time. Now, that's not to say, by the way that you can't watch shows, sometimes you need it. Sometimes that is your breathing space. Ah, good show, and actually create that breathing space. But sometimes you just need to take a bit away. And I know this is going to sound horrible, but um, this might also be the case for people who are taking your time. You might need to add people into your life that are actually going to benefit you, and you might need to spend less time with some. That all right right to say, because some people are like a vacuum for your time, and you're just going to have to, at some point, go. I can't be in that space anymore. There are some things you need to add, and there's some things you need to take away. So, four symbols, and then some lines. But the four symbols—that's all that's important. You want to go away, take those symbols: the plus, the minus, the greater than, the less than or the less than, greater than, and sit down and go, what's important for me to do in the context of eternity? In the context of everlasting to everlasting and this breath of moment, this breath of time that I have, what's important for me? What do I need to add? What do I need to minus? What do I need to add? More, less. And as you do it, Allow this big, broad, God sized perspective to trickle down. Maybe not just trickle, maybe even a little bit faster. Flood down into the details of your day and gain a heart of wisdom. Let me pray. Father, thank you that our lives here today, gone tomorrow, even though in the context of you they are, but we have time that you have given us. I want to ask that you would give us wisdom as we consider you, as we consider numbering our days, that we would gain a heart of wisdom. that we wouldn't be uh, just busy chasing or pursuing, afraid that we might miss out. Everything we do, we're afraid that we'll miss out if we don't do it. We're afraid our kids will miss out if we don't do it. We're afraid of this, we're afraid of that. Lord, I pray you'd give us the faith to trust you with the other stuff as we pursue your kingdom, as we pursue uh, an eternal perspective.